I think that's a dangerous statement because every time I think I've seen it all, I get a new phone call and it's like, that happened? Oh my gosh. And I have yet another story to tell. City Voice podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington's cities. Just before Thanksgiving, AWC had the chance to sit down with Summit Law Group's Kristen Anger. Kristen is an attorney specializing in labor and employment law on behalf of management and has been a regular at AWC events and trainings. In the spirit of the holiday season, this month's HR Field Notes interview focuses on annual holiday party pitfalls. To help our cities plan end-of-year festivities, where only the fun memories live on into the new year and not the liabilities. Well, welcome to Kristen Anger and welcome to our listeners. This is another edition of the HR Insights AWC podcast. Kristen, thanks for being with us. Kristen's one of the um, Summit Law Summiteers, um, a frequent speaker at AWC trainings, and uh, a labor and employment attorney who has seen it all, it feels like. Uh, so, <laughs> Kristen, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, do you want to share a little bit more about your background than the seen it all? Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm one of the attorneys at Summit Law Group, and my practice involves a lot of advice and counsel. So hoping uh, that employers stay out of trouble by kind of understanding what the rules are around various activities and, and decisions that employers make. And uh, so I'm happy to contribute what I can on, on this subject. Thanks, Kristen. So it seems appropriate when you say that you're always, um, there's always something new that you get a call for, um, that we're talking today about kind of the end of year holiday season, holiday parties, and um, and public sector employment. Um, it seems that it's often ripe for those, maybe those calls to you of, um, I can't believe, or what were you thinking? Today, we wanted to ask you some questions about that. So as our city folks, our public sector employers are looking at their plans for the end of the year, they can maybe avoid some of those um, potential pitfalls and have um, a very happy and merry holiday season. What are some of the common mistakes that employers make with annual holiday parties? Oh, um, so I would start, I have to put at the top of the list, um, allowing alcohol and not taking appropriate precautions around that. I, I think that that is much less an issue in the public sector and, you know, hope it may not even be on anybody's radar to, to even consider. Um, there are state regulations, if people don't know that, that actually prohibit alcohol in the workplace in Washington. I think it's widely ignored um, in the private sector, but that's certainly not the case in the public sector. Um, and even if, you know, an, a public employer is willing to look past that, um, obviously, 
obviously alcohol invites all kinds of risks. There are risks around sexual harassment, you know, sometimes fighting, um, you know, increased injuries or liability if people drive after um, going to a holiday party and, and consuming alcohol. Um, and I understand that the risk pools are extremely anxious um, if they hear that one of their members is considering, um, you know, allowing alcohol at a holiday party or other event. Um, so I would urge you if this is at all, you know, on, on somebody's radar to consult with your insurer about that. Um, so alcohol is kind of has to be at the top of the list. And, and I think you really kind of reduce the potential um, parade of horribles if that's not part of your holiday planning. Um, but some other, I guess, mistakes, I guess, that I would mention would include um, just not anticipating the range of issues and planning appropriately. Um, we can talk about some of those, you know, with respect to, is this going to be paid time for employees? You know, thinking about that in advance. Um, are we being inclusive? What decorations and music and signage are we going to have? And does that, is it secular versus religious, right? Because those are issues that can crop up with holiday parties. Um, and then failing to communicate expectations. Obviously, you know, you want people to feel festive and have a good time, but there should also be kind of some messaging around appropriate behavior and that the, you know, these parties are not HR free zones um, where none of those rules apply anymore. So I think kind of lack of planning and, and then a related issue that I sometimes see is we're going to have some volunteers, you know, plan the party. And sometimes HR or management isn't necessarily providing the level of oversight. And so, you know, these are people that may not be well versed on some of these risk areas. And so, you know, you have Merry Christmas signs that that may be associated with religious beliefs or graphic, you know, music that is offensive to people, um, or, you know, not thinking about allergies, just those kinds of things that sometimes, you know, HR has to step back and make sure that, that we've thought through those things. And you get some enthusiastic party planners who um, don't think through those things. Um, I think that's a good yeah. point about um, the, the volunteers and just, um, Keeping in mind the perceptions, right? Uh, it's it's rare that somebody sets out to offend with the holiday party, <laughs> um, but uh, you noted this at a, a training you were doing recently for us. It's often about perception as much as the intention. Yeah, I mean, you want to harness the enthusiasm and you want it to be fun, but some people just don't realize or haven't thought five steps ahead as risk managers and HR folks often need to do. <laughs> so definitely um, some potential for those kinds of um, those kinds of issues when you, you talked about alcohol, but also, you know, the more nuts and bolts thing. Is this paid time off or is this paid time or not? Is this during the workday? Is attendance mandatory or volunteer, um, voluntary? Are you inviting employees, families, or significant others? How, what are your, do you have any recommendations around that or questions that you would suggest um, the HR department's asking when those decisions are being made? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that presents a, a range of tough decisions that employers are gonna have to think through because there are pros and cons of different choices that we make. Um, I think there's a fundamental, you know, just kind of, issue and rule that if attendance is not voluntary, if employees are expected to attend, they better be compensated for the time. Um, 
so you know and 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 then you know if a if a party isn't voluntary um is it going to be festive if you're forced to go to the holiday party i mean that's a you know it's a reality so thinking through okay if we're going to force people to go um are people going to have as good a time um i can you I, in those cases can you um address that by just saying if you're not coming to this then you're expected to be working if it's during work hours yeah, I think that's one way to incentivize attendance without, you know, creating a compensation risk by saying, oh, you're not going to get paid. So you, you can maintain your pay, um, but we invite you to come celebrate with us and, and let people choose in that regard. I think that's also inclusive. There are some people who are just not comfortable in social settings, right? And so you give them that option not to attend. Um, it'd be nice if everybody would attend, but forcing attendance, I think, can can potentially backfire by forcing people into situations they're not comfortable with. Um, I think supervisors also need to, if you've made a choice to have not compensated holiday event, um, supervisors need to be very careful about really encouraging people to attend, right? You can you can label it voluntary, but if people feel really pressured to attend, um, that can convert it into paid time. Um, so yeah, I think that what you suggested there, Candace, the I think that best middle ground is probably to have it during the workday, have it during paid time, but encourage people to attend, but make it voluntary. So um, outside of the kind of maybe organized um, holiday activity or party or gathering, sometimes um, teams within um, the organization might want to do their own thing their own holiday get together or a secret Santa gift exchange or a cookie exchange. Um, and those are things that we, you know, HR doesn't always find out about um, at all. What, what sort of guidance would you give? Um, and are there any red flags on any of those kinds of team activities? Uh, yes, <laughs> some red flags. Uh, you know, I, as with a lot of what I do, it's it's kind of a, a, a balancing of risks. Obviously, there's there can be great benefits from those kinds of activities. It builds um, camaraderie between people, you know, and morale within a team and builds connections. I know my office have has done kind of the white elephant gift exchange kind of thing. And people still talk about, you know, funny gifts and things that they got from somebody that otherwise they wouldn't have had a connection with. So I think that there is a lot to be gained from that. But there are also things that can go horribly wrong <laughs> with those kinds of exchanges, you know, uh, like a secret Santa. Um, you know, there are horror stories out there about people giving highly inappropriate gifts, you know, whether it's a, a sex toy or lingerie or, um, or mean-spirited things. Like I've read about, you know, somebody giving somebody a Bible with certain passages highlighted to kind of underscore somebody's immorality or, um, you know, a book on weight loss for somebody. I mean, you know, there are just things that can be mean-spirited and, and obviously those are the outliers, but I do think it's important to have some ground rules around that, that, you know, whether you're communicating to each department, you know, you're welcome to do this, but there need to be some ground rules. Gifts need to be appropriate, you know, and professional. They can be silly if that's the theme, but they they can't be offensive or discriminatory or mean-spirited. Um, I think having some ground rules around uh, expenditures, because that can create some hard feelings where one person contributes a lot, another person, you know, maybe can't, can't afford to, um, and making them voluntary. So I think on the gift exchange, those ground rules are, are pretty important. On the cookie stuff, um, you know, we get into allergies. Um, and so I think, 
either being inclusive by asking people what restrictions they may have before you exchange or um, labeling things very clearly so that the ingredients are there so people can make sure that they're not consuming something um, that may be unhealthy or dangerous for them. That's helpful. So HR and um, and managers should probably get out in front um, of things and, and put out some guidelines for teams that might wanna do their own fun um, and festive activities. Um, all within reason. Yeah. And again, no alcohol on the gift exchange. <laughs> or pot brownies or <laughs> right. I've seen it all. <laughs> and uh, we had also had a question I skipped over it about uh, kind of back at the either in these activities or in the holiday party, things like the ugly holiday sweater competition, or you you already kind of mentioned the white elephant gift exchange. Um, it sounds like Similarly, put some guidance out there. You, you you may not think people will do what they might do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's hard to anticipate um, what people might do. And oftentimes it's to be funny, but they don't realize that coming in with some kind of ugly sweater that also is sexually graphic <laughs> might be offensive to people, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah. I, I think, like you said, you're, you're the expression getting ahead of it, just making sure to remind people, making sure that supervisors or managers in particular are aware and are looking for things if they hear, you know, kind of some planning that is maybe going off the rails, um, kind of redirecting people and, and um, making sure that we've kind of set expectations in advance before people get too far afield. So um, kind of shifting a little bit away from the, the, the holiday and, and festive part of it to um, this is a time of year when uh, employers may be thinking about um, year end gifts or bonuses or um, or even like year end awards um, that, that might have something uh, attached to them. And that I know gets very tricky for our public employers um, anytime you are talking about gifts, gifting, um, that, that gets complicated. What would be some of the things you would recommend uh, employers are thinking about before starting that kind of program or, or looking at providing those year-end gifts or bonuses or, or anything along those lines? Right. Um, well, we'll start with the, the concern around public sector entities and the fact that you cannot give gifts of public funds, right? So you can't just decide as a management team, um, gosh, we're feeling especially generous. Our resources are, you know, our budget is looking pretty rosy right now. Let's, you know, to enhance morale, give everybody a holiday bonus. Um, that's a, an improper gift of public funds and the state auditor would have an issue with that. In order to give additional compensation or bonus compensation like that, there needs to have been, you know, some adoption of a policy that's part of people's compensation that is established. They know when they're working all year that they may be eligible for something. There are criteria around, you know, how and when it's awarded. So it's not something you can kind of do after the fact because it feels good in the moment. Um, so there needs to be some planning and thought around that. And, you know, at this point in the year, it's probably far too late um, to, to say, oh, we think we want to do something next month. So it needs to be, again, something very structured. So Kristen, thinking about um, this pre-planning and whether or not it's a gift, um, going back to the holiday parties, is, is that something that comes into play? 
Yes, um, there are restrictions, as many public entities know, on what you can do in terms of providing even coffee and light snacks and refreshments at functions. Um, generally speaking, there are some rules that you, you can do that, but those should generally be open to the public. They should be reasonable expenses and documented expenses. For employee-only parties, um, if there's a policy um, that has been adopted by the organization's governing body that you, know, you have have the authority to do this. It can be part of recognized part as, of, of an employee's compensation. Um, but again, I'd be looking for some kind of authority from the governing body that, that it's appropriate to expend resources for that. Um, I would encourage folks, there's some helpful guidance on the MRSC website. Um, and it, it kind of goes through some of the, the references to our state constitution and restrictions on public expenditures that, that may get into some more detailed guidance in this area. Thanks, Kristen. Um, this is this has been great. We don't want to suck all the fun out <laughs> of the year-end festivities, but um, they will be even more fun if we don't have to deal with uh, fallout afterwards. Um, it'll make January a little easier. Are there any other tips, tricks, um, things that you think public employers should be aware of as they head into year-end that they might want to think ahead about? No, I just think, again, just going back to this theme of be thoughtful um, and communicate expectations. You know, you can do it in a way that doesn't sound like, as you just said, you know, kind of sucking all of the fun out of the season, um, but communicating that, you know, we want people to have fun, we want people to enjoy, um, but within appropriate parameters, and then charging your managers and supervisors with paying attention to make sure that what's happening maybe outside the view of HR, um, somebody has eyes on that, and we're making sure that people feel a sense of inclusion and respect. That's great, because usually this is all about employee appreciation. Um, our public sector employees work really hard all year long, often without a lot of recognition. And so I know for many um, managers, this is how they want to celebrate um, and show that appreciation for the, all those employees. Well, Kristen, thanks so much for your time again today and for um, all this great advice. And um, we hope that everybody has a happy and safe um, holiday season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's it for the AWC City Voice podcast. This podcast is a production of AWC, where our mission is to serve our members through advocacy, education, and services. As always, thanks for listening. 